Section twenty five of A Day at a Time by Archibald Alexander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Section twenty five. The Extravagance of Love. Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? John chapter twelve, verse five. Wherever this gospel is preached, this that she has done shall be told as a memorial of her. What a gracious memorial, and how worthy of it was Mary's beautiful outburst of generosity. But what a pity that the speech of Judas should be recorded also as a memorial of him. And yet, on mature consideration, we would not have the Judas criticism forgotten. Because it called forth what we might not otherwise have had, the vindication of Jesus himself. And because, as a matter of fact, we are constantly hearing the protest of Judas repeated in our own day, and are often ill-held to know how to meet it. This, he said, records our evangelist bluntly, not because he loved the poor, but because he was a thief and kept the bag. Yet he might have been an honest man and said the same thing. For very many honest and earnest men and women are repeating this criticism still. It is repeated whenever it is taken for granted that practical utility is the only standard by which to judge actions and offerings, that God and man can be served in no other way than by iron bars and perspiration. How often do we meet the type of mind that admits the service of a plowman and denies that of a poet or artist, for whom a waterfall, as somebody has said, exists merely as so much power for driving turbines, and whose sole test of usefulness is that of making two blades grow, and corn blades at that, where but one grew before. We are commonly browbeaten by this type of person, and yet we feel that somehow, if we could only say it, he is wrong, that the poet's is as divine a vocation as the farmer's, that God meant a silver band of falling water in a green glade to suggest other things besides dynamos, and that he who even paints some blades of grass, and paints them pleasingly, has his place somewhere in the great guild of servants of God and man. One has heard the same attitude taken up in other directions, too. Why spend so much money on a church, you will be asked, when there are so many poor people in the land? What need for stone pillars and a fine organ, when a plain building and a harmonium would do as well? Why try to secure what is called a beautiful church service, dignified, stately, musical, when the very baldest worship is acceptable in God's sight, if only it be sincere. We have heard all that and other remarks like that often, and we have seldom been able to give reasons against them. A mere instinctive sentiment seems a feeble thing to oppose to such cold and hard facts. But somehow we feel that it is all wrong, if only we knew how to convict it. Did it ever occur to you that Jesus himself has answered that objection? and others like it, when he vindicated Mary's action of that night. There is no doubt that her ointment cost a deal of money, money that could have fed many hungry people. It was an extravagant offering, without any practical outcome save that Jesus was refreshed. There is no doubt also about our Lord's sympathy with the poor and needy. And yet he upheld Mary's action, and would not have called it wasteful, all that could be said in its favor was that it was beautiful, and that it touched Jesus keenly and influenced all who saw it done. 
and that as i read the story was one reason at least why jesus defended it he allows the beautiful he would have the beautiful honored for its own sake even in a world so full of sorrow and trouble as this for my part i am very grateful that this word of christ has been recorded for it affords sufficient warrant for declaring the poet the artist the architect and all those who are trying to make the world more beautiful god's servants too offering him a gift he does not disdain to recognize as truly as the physician the philanthropist and the preacher whose object is to make it better beauty of form and structure has been lavished profusely by the creator on creatures too small to be seen there are more things grow out of god's earth than corn for food or timber for building houses there's the heather and the wild flowers the daisies and the violets hard-headed common sense asks what's the use of them what good do they do the answer is that they are beautiful and that seems in god's sight to be justification enough for having made them so when we see love breaking her alabaster box and pouring forth her offering without stint as she is doing every day a mother lavishing care upon an ungrateful son a husband surrounding a peevish wife with tireless devotion or a sister keeping her own love dream at arm's length that she may guard and guide some graceless brother let us lay our hands upon our lips when we are tempted to criticize these actions may be foolish extravagant quixotic and may outrage every canon of common sense but there is a fragrance about them without which the world would be much poorer they are morally beautiful and for that reason our lord himself would teach us they are not to be rudely handled nor judged by any hard standard yes but he has said more than that he found a more complete extenuation of mary's extravagance it was because she loved much her gift was an offering of love to himself she hath done it for my burial and that is the end of the whole matter my brothers love is always extravagant when measured by the tape line of bare duty it always overflows it breaks its box and gives everything it has yet like the widow's cruise of old its casket is never empty for even when it has given its all the next needy case will find succor at that door take your charity subscription sheet to the man who loudly asserts that too much money is being given to the kirk this dull season and what will you get Take it also to the man who has signed a bigger check than he can well afford, that the house of his God may be made beautiful, and it will be strange if you are sent empty away. Ah, oh, no, it is not Mary whose devotion has found outlet in some sudden generosity. It is not she who neglects the poor. Prayer O Lord our God, whose we are and whom we seek to serve, enlighten us, we pray thee, in the knowledge and practice of that supreme service which is love. May we learn that the greatest thing in our little lives is the love they hold for God and man. Teach us to appraise love's extra everywhere, as those who have also felt and understood. And when our own gift and offering must needs be poor and small, may we be encouraged by the remembrance that even a widow's might that love has offered is precious in thy sight. Amen. End of section 25